Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and I'm here as always with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hey Hello, Dave, hey Jess. Hello Dave, Warnicky and Matt Stewart. I love this song. I'm going to talk <laughs> this course slowly. Matt's got a new phone. The whole episode. It's ringing. Matt's <laughs> phone is ringing. He wants everyone to know that he's got a Google phone now. What? How do I answer it? <laughs> what are you talking about? Where's the answering bit? Oh, it's stopped. Okay. You couldn't figure out how to answer it. It was not clear. <laughs> Hang on. I'm going to call you now because I want to see what it looks like. Yeah. I didn't see. All right, it's get that be phone out. clear now, isn't it? But yeah, I, of course. I think I must have flicked out of it at the time. I'll go to... Um, you're not saved in my favourites, if we're being honest, so I've just got to find you here. Hang on. Gosh, I didn't even know you could have favourites. Yeah, you wouldn't know that. There's Matt Stewart. Yeah. Hang on, don't touch your phone. I'm calling you. Show us what happens, Matt. Oh, that wasn't you press happening. the fucking answer button. That wasn't idiot. happening. There's a green phone button. There's literally a green sorry, phone. Sorry, sorry. Can you hold that? Hello? Hello? That's weird. Oh, bloody hell. Jess doesn't know how to operate Pr- her phone. She's bummed out you again. <laughs> prank call. Yeah, I'm out the front. I'm pranking you. <laughs> People still do that? I did it recently. Do you remember uh, when you used to prank someone if you didn't have any credit and they'd call you back? Yeah. Give them two rings. And if they answer, you'd be like, hang up. This is a prank. Don't enter. It's a prank. Yeah, I pranked someone recently to let me back into the house. I'd message them as I left. I was like, I'm going to prank you when I'm back so you can let me in. We uh, have a fantastic episode for you this week. I'm sure. I don't, I can't. I was going to say, how, what do you go to some inside knowledge? can't categorically say that, but I'm confident that Jess Perkins, who has been bringing it for the reports lately, the BTK killer in her last episode, that one of the best we've, yeah. we've ever done in my opinion. Really? Yeah, that's one of my tops. That's right up there with the collar bomb killer. Are you for kidding? Me. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, that's nice. Especially because during it, I realized it was a solved mystery and not a mystery. Yeah. That was such Which, a good, one I mean, of the best moments of my life. I never said mystery, so I'm not really sure where you got that from. But you had it in your head, and that's fine. I think Dave said it, maybe, or something. Mm. Yeah, probably. I poisoned you. Poisoned you. Anyway, I'm glad I, I wasn't paying close enough attention early yeah. and was late. Finally, you not paying attention pays off. We gave you a nice little buzz there. So no pressure, Jess, but it's your report again. And can you back up your best report ever with your new best report ever? Yes. Great. Is the answer to that question. Hell yeah, I'm on board. Now, if you haven't heard the show before, one of us is assigned a topic by the listeners. People suggest topics and we pick them. And this week it is Jess's turn to report on a topic that Matt and I have no idea what it is. And uh, this one, I believe, was voted by the Patreon supporters. That's right. The Patreon supporters are voting for my episodes now. And I put um, I put to the hat uh, four options. Okay. And I said, which of these badasses would you like me to report on? We do love a good badass on this show. Yeah, we've we've done quite a few. And Charlie honestly, Upham. I'm I was I wanted to do this topic. This is the one that I wanted, but I thought I'm not sure if this is going to get picked because there was some there was some, some good, good contenders in there. There's some good bad asses. But the people, I don't know how they knew, but they knew, and they they made a very good choice. So I do have a question. I wrote a question just before while you were rambling. I wrote a question, <laughs> um, and my question to you boys is. Who ran the Sydney Underworld in the 1920s? An Australian badass, mm. potentially. Who ran the Sydney Underworld? 20s, 30s, to the 50s. I would have, I didn't, I don't know anything about it. I couldn't, would I have heard of this person? I, did, I hadn't. So it's somewhere in between the Has, Ned Kellys and the Chopper Reeds of the Australian Underworld. Yeah. yeah, about halfway between them, right? Yeah. What? So what was... Um, Wait, when was Ned Kelly? Was Ned Kelly seventeen? He was eighteen hundreds, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, mid to late eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, is there been an underbelly series about him? Yes. Right. Is it a he or a she? She. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Underbelly Razor would be the one that. You oh, were it's the Razor of. Gang. I've heard of that, but yeah. I, I never saw it. It's not Squizzy Taylor. No, but in the same sort of world. Right. I don't talk about Squizzy at all. I don't think they were like linked, but it was around the same time. So is it to do with the Razor Gang, though? It is to do with the Razor Gangs. Have you heard of the names of Kate Lee and Tilly Devine? Vaguely rings a bell. No, they're just fantastic. Great names. Such good names, right? Kate Lee and Tilly Devine. Well, I mean, Tilly Devine's the good one. Yeah, I think Devine's doing a lot of the work there. Kate Lee's not bad. Yeah, Kate Lee's Ta- good. Tilly Devine is fucking Kate good. Kate Lee, <laughs> living in Banayu. A Kate Lee, Kate Lee, Lee anymore. Which um, Aussie rock song are you referencing this time that I don't know? Oh, my God. Mariah Carey. <laughs> oh, really? What song? I've seen the video of the, the guy singing it. And he's, no, it's a woman, sorry. Yeah, I can't remember. The woman a, singing Ken Lee. It was on a instead of can't live, like on an Australian Idol kind of audition show. American Idol, right? I and they're terrible, are they? Ken Lee. Yeah, the ju- I vaguely remember the judges like crying. Why are laughing. they singing Ken Lee? Because they didn't know the words. <laughs> that is hilarious. Wait, what are the real words? Can't live. Pretty sure it was a language barrier too. To be honest. Oh okay. Oh so. Oh. oh. So you're not good people, but it was a funny video. Oh no. Anyway, I'll just move on, you monsters. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about the individuals firstly and then uh, how they kind of clashed. Um, oh, they're not friendly. No. Oh, very cool. Bit of rivals. 
So Kate Lee was born on the 10th of March, 1881, in Dubbo, New South Wales. She was the eighth child of Roman Catholic parents, Timothy Bean, uh, who was a bootmaker, and his wife, Charlotte. Bean? Bean. 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 Right. Bean. She was the eighth child. Question. Yep. Do they know what's causing it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a little something I've been cooking up over there. Oh, it's very good. It's very good. Sex. How good is Dubbo as a name of a town? City town, by the way. It is Dubbo. Great. Dubbo. I listened to a podcast about these two, or I started to listen to one, and it was done by an American woman um, whose voice I didn't like anyway, so I didn't listen to much, but she said Dubbo is like Dubbo. And Dubbo. It, and it, <laughs> it really made me laugh. Dubbo. I don't know why. I was like, if I mean... I understand you'd probably read it that way, and we probably mispronounce towns all the time. Oh, we yeah, I reckon we mispronounce but, our own town. It should be Melbourne. Should be Melbourne. But you can also just put in, like, any word and pronunciation into the internet, and mm. it tells you. But a lot of the time, they are wrong. Don't tell me that, Jess. You're, Cartilage. You're ruining a lot of what I do on this show. Yeah, it's true. It's very off It takes me long enough to write the report without having to go through every third word and pronounce it correctly. <laughs> the. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> I would have said to the. her. <laughs> to her. Um, so, yeah, she was uh, uh, one of many children. She had a bit of a rough childhood. She was neglected by her parents. Um, spent time in a girl's home when she was 12. Who, which, who's home? Which girl? <laughs> Just a friend. Pretty nice of them to take her in. Yeah. she's. I mean, sometime. What are we talking about? An afternoon? A bit of a play date? The sleepover. Went wow. over after school one day. Just never left. They did some sort of craft. That's cool. Very cute. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so, yeah, apart from the neglected childhood, the, the girls, that visit to a friend's house was nice. Well, that's that's something. It's good to see it here. There was a little bright mm. it's moment. Good, good to have a highlight. Mm. Yeah. That one afternoon. Um, Kate had a daughter named Eileen in 1900 when Kate was 19 and unmarried. <gasps> 19 and unmarried. That is, is that scandalous? That's scandalous. The unmarried part, not so much the 19 at that time. But, yeah, so she had a, a child out of wedlock. 19? She was 19? That is scandalous. Scandalous. <laughs> like the band, Scandalous, who uh, won the second series of Pop Stars. I was just thinking that too. Mm. I also was thinking about them. Me, myself, and I. That was the, their one. It's funny amazing? as you were doing that, you were rubbing your eye. I know. And I stopped rubbing it to say hi. Yeah, it's very confusing. Um, in I, nine, yeah. I, well, I was just going to say, I imagine I, I explained who they were, but I imagine a lot of our international listeners would have known anyway. Obviously. Oh, of course. I mean, there are many appearances on the late shows. Yeah. The circuits. They, they would did. have done one of those circuits. Oh, they went platinum, didn't they? Yeah, I reckon they would have. They would have. Um, yeah. Yeah. Platinum in Australia, which is 40,000. Platinum we, in America, which is 1 million. Yeah, quite a little bit of a difference. We can, we can all name every member of that band. Yeah. The twins. Greg. Yeah. So, uh, Geronimo? Geronimo. Jumiroquai. Jumiroquai. And Sally. And the other Greg. Mm. Two, Two Gregs. Gregs. There was one spare Greg. <laughs> oh, you got to have a spare Greg. you got to have a spare Greg. You can't rely on your first Greg. No, no, no. Um, so in 1902, so two years after her daughter was born, she married James Ernest Lee, who was known as Jack. Um, Jack Lee was born uh, in New South Wales to a Chinese father and Australian-born mother, and became an illegal bookmaker and petty criminal. They separated three years later in 1905 when Jack was imprisoned for assault and robbery. 
Um, and following his trial, Kate was convicted of perjury and for being an accomplice to the assault after um, being accused of lying under oath to protect her husband. But she uh, appealed the conviction um, and it was overturned. Um, so early in their marriage, bit of drama there. The marriage broke up soon after the trial, um, but they weren't divorced for a while till about 1921. She anglicised her uh, his surname, so he's... Um, because his uh, his Asian background was L double E, she anglicised it to L E I G H, and she was mostly known by that name for the rest of her life, regardless of future marriages. She still kind of went by that that first married name. Um, she married for the second time in 1922 to a Western Australian-born musician, Edward Joseph Teddy Barry. Some good names in here too. Teddy Barry's pretty good. Yeah, it seems like everyone had to have a an unrelated nickname. Yeah. There's so many. Every I think every name in here was like something something quotation marks known as yeah. yeah but like a, just another name usually. Went, that Jack guy, his name was James. James has abbreviations. Yeah, Jack's like a John, right? So why yeah. is he James and he's no, James something something? Jack, yeah. I suppose this one, Eddie, uh, Edward to Teddy makes sense. Okay. I stand corrected. But isn't his last name different or something? Barry. Teddy Barry. Oh, his I first that, name's Edward. I thought that was also yeah, in Ted, Teddy's, Teddy's classic Edward. I like Teddy Barry. Teddy Barry's cool. He was a sly grog dealer and a small-time criminal, and the marriage only lasted for a few years. Um, a sly grog shop, this is uh, the um, definition is an Australian term for an unlicensed hotel or liquor store, often with the added suggestion of selling poor quality liquor, a place where alcoholic beverages are sold by an unlicensed vendor. Okay, so if that's you can, a suggestion. can go to a bar that's legal and sells better liquor, why aren't you going there? Because it's cheaper? It's cheap, but also, and i talk more about it later, but the laws changed that meant that um, like public bars had to close at 6 p.m. They right. couldn't serve alcohol after that. So people like Kate went into the business of sly grog. Right. So, Gro- the- so grog means there's, there's slang for booze here. Well, Booze is slang for uh, liquor. Grog is a naval term originally referring to a rum and water mixture. In the Australian context, grog was used to describe diluted, adulterated and substandard rum. In the early decades of the Australian colonies, grog was often the only alcoholic beverage available to any uh, to the working classes. Eventually in Australia, the word grog came to be used as a slang term for any alcoholic beverage. That's interesting. I had no idea where that came from. Yeah. That's great. It's funny you said the they used to close at six, was it? Yeah. Because I've heard there was a term, and I think it must have, I'm pretty sure I've heard my old man say it, but maybe he was talking about from generation before him, but I'm... I think it lasted in Australia for quite a while. They call it the six o'clock swill. Correct. Where everyone would just buy multiple drinks right at closing time and then everyone gets booted out. So there's all these boozed up people early in the evening. Yeah. Like most days. Yeah, we- what a weird system. Correct. That was around this time. So yeah. this is pre your dad. Right. <laughs> I remember my grandma talking about how in the early days Victorian bars, uh, pubs closed earlier than New South Wales ones. So there was this one across the – she lives on the Murray – which is the border between the two states, the river, and people would go go across to the Blood House, which was the, this you know sort of really seedy place, and get boozed up, then uh, have to sneak back into Victoria. Right. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and like I suppose if you did live right on the border, may as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, take advantage of whichever state or, or you would definitely set up a pub you. like next to a bridge. You know, yeah. 
just yeah, wander that, across. Well, that's what in, this was. It was yeah. next to the bridge. But yeah. the, the, the Murray itself is on New South, is New South Wales, so you could have it in the water. Is it? Yeah. They don't go halvesies. No, that's what I thought as a kid. I'm like, this is a rip-off. What a rip-off. <laughs> Why don't we get half? But how, how confusing would it be to have a... Well, it's oh, very. Well, I think it's because Victoria broke off from New South Wales, so I guess New South Wales had the... I don't know. I, fuck, I don't know. But that's good to know. I didn't know that. So, yeah, once even if you're on the bridge, then maybe. Yeah. Because you're, you're just over the water. Right. Just get shit-faced. <laughs> now, shit-faced is defined as... <laughs> um, so um, she, and, she and her second husband, Teddy, broke up, and she had a couple of relationships after that as well, including a relationship with Wally Tomlinson. His first name was Walter. Walter Wally Tomlinson. All right. they, all, they all make sense. Yeah. One didn't. One didn't. I love Wally as well. Wally's a great name. Wally had previously been employed as her bodyguard. Um, and she also later had a de facto relationship um, for quite a while. It was about from uh, 1932 to 1949 with her business partner, Henry Jack Baker. <laughs> okay, we're back to that we're weird. Back. So she's on to like partner number two of named Jack. Right. That's Who's confusing. not really named Jack. He's called Henry. Yeah. It's confusing. And what's with Hank? Um, isn't Hank short for? Yeah, maybe. Hank's a great. I like Hank as well. I would have gone with Hank. Yeah, but hey, you don't get to decide somebody else's nickname. Oh, this is bullshit. I know. So is she uh, obviously already doing some dodgy stuff if she's already got a bodyguard. Oh yeah, and I'll get onto that as well. I'm just talking about her personal life for now. Um, her third and last marriage was in uh, 1950 to an old friend and convicted criminal, Ernest Alexander Shiner Ryan. Oh, that's good. Shiner. Shiner Ryan. Love Shiner it. Ryan. That's good. But their marriage only lasted about six months and they were separated. So, yeah, as I mentioned, that's her personal life. But what did she do to earn the title Queen of the Underworld? Wow. Well, I assume she was born into the right family, mm-hmm. of yeah. course, mm-hmm. just. Or married in. Yes, and then just replaced the uh, previous monarch. Went through the um, rigorous training regime. That's right. Yeah. Etiquettes. I watched Princess Diaries 2 last night. It was on TV. Is that, what's that? Anne Hathaway. Right. Oh, with Genovia. It was on quite late too. Like I, That's I, a pretty risque movie, I imagine. I was watching something on Netflix and then I was like, okay, I've got to go do this podcast report. So I turned it off. Wait, when did you say this last night? Last night. Um, no, I had, I had to You've finish it. You've become the new me. No, I had to finish it. I had, I had, I was like over halfway through. Anyway, and it was like 10, 30, I'd been watching it for ages, at least half an hour, 45 minutes. And I was like, how much longer does this movie have to go? It was 10.30 at night. And I checked and it was good. It still had an hour to go. Why are you putting a kids' movie on until 11.30? Yeah, no one's watching that. Well, no one's one person's that. watching it. Well, that. even I had to turn. I was like, I can't stay up that late. Right. <laughs> I've got to go get some work done, get some sleep. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, was so. Was it at least the X-rated version? Oh, yeah. There was heaps of fucking. Yeah. Baps out. Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews <laughs> with, that, uh, with that, her driver. Don't they get it on? They do. Oh, yeah. So you haven't seen any fucking Ryan Gosling movies. <laughs> no, I've seen uh Princess Diaries 1 and 2. Joe, that's the driver's name, isn't it? Oh, my God. Joe. That's that is great. correct. That is correct. Have you seen it recently? Oh, I, last I, night? Did you watch it last night? Yes. All right. I stayed up to 11.30. Guilty. You saw the end. No spoilers. I didn't get to see it. They all die in a horrible What? No, I said don't. no spoilers. I, I reckon know, she Dave, remains as the princess. I reckon that's what happens. Is there, and is there she's a, a dear diary. No. Still princess. <laughs> Peace out, bye. Peace out, bye. No, because in that Legis. in the second one, she's got to find a, a husband. Oh, of course. I mean, we've all got to find a husband. Yeah, it's pretty fucked, actually. <laughs> I don't like that at all. 
Why does she have to find a husband? Oh, in, there's some sort of weird clause in the. I, I came she'll in lose that. her crown. Yeah, they had 30 days. <laughs> 30 days, find a husband. Ah, that's good. Tell you what, I've got. I've had 27 bloody years. I haven't found me a husband. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want one. No, don't need him. No husband defines who I am. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. I'm a strong, independent woman. Yeah. Man or no man. Mm-hmm. Woman or no woman. I don't mind. Say it. Say it, sister. Preach. Anyway, sorry for that tangent. So she's queen of the underworld, but why? Um, From the years of 1919 to 1955, her main enterprise was the highly profitable sly grog trade, which I mentioned before. So under the Liquor Act of 1916, public bars were forced to close at 6pm. At her peak, she ran, I've seen different reports, between 20 and 30 bootleg outlets. So, and they ranged as well um, for different markets. Franchises? No, kind of. So, like, there were some that were quite cheap and dingy, um, obviously for more working class people, but there were also some really upper class bars to cater to an upmarket um, clientele. Like, even politicians and, um, you know, businessmen and wealthy people, she, she, she had them covered. Um, the Dangerous Drugs Amendment Act of 1927 criminalised cocaine. So Kate sourced cocaine from corrupt networks of doctors, dentists, chemists and sailors and provided it to networks of criminals for distribution. So she got into the cocaine biz. <laughs> She's fucking cool. I'm not saying any of this is yeah, cool, but these I, women are impressive. What is cool to me in my books is a drug dealer. That is Get out. so cool. Me too. That's awesome. We, That's never, we never just come across that. You guys do have a lot in common. Yeah. That's so cool, Dave. Wow. That's so cool. Who's your favourite drug dealer? Joe from The Princess Diaries. <laughs> Me too! He was a, a real pusher. He's a real pusher. Um, oh, what, does, do either of you guys mean big drug fans? How far back does cocaine go? Where does that come from? What's the origin of cocaine? I'll let you fill this one, Dave. Oh, I think it's from the cocoa plant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you so, mean like as a drug? Yeah, as a drug, but like, what, like who, who came up with it? And... Well, it was invented by... William Cocaine. I reckon people have been... Willie Coke. In, I think, 1910 off the top of my head. Right. He invented it. So it was relatively new at this point. Mm. I imagine that tribal people have been probably using the plant for stuff for yeah, centuries. Yeah, tribal actually, people. I don't know mm. exactly its origins. I'm sorry, Matthew. I didn't think to look that up. I looked up the fucking definition of sly grog. Yeah, that was good. We enjoyed that. Um, okay, so, yeah, so uh, she's she's now... Distributing cocaine as well. She became a, a prominent figure in Sydney's brutal razor gang wars of the 20s and 30s. Um, so, again, with the, the razor gangs, the, there was another law that came in. Lots of laws. Uh, in 1927, uh, it was a Pistol Licensing Act, and the New South Wales State Parliament imposed severe penalties for carrying concealed firearms and handguns. So, Sydney gangland figures then chose razors as their preferred weapons. Right, so you could walk the streets and not be... Because it, it would be those little... Have you seen the old ones? It's just like a flick. Yeah, mm. flick knife. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. Um, and uh, How interesting. Yeah. Because they're criminals. It's funny they're like, well, obviously we don't want to break that law. Well, it's because... And I, I talk about it a little bit later as well, but the laws became super strict and the police could arrest you for basically anything. Right. So they wouldn't even risk it. But there, was no, there wasn't really a problem with them having a razor. I guess right. it's a bit like uh, bikies who obviously... Don't uh, you know? Want to respect the law, so to speak? But at the same time, they, they brought in legislation that you could get. You weren't allowed to travel with the, the colours on, so you know the the outfit with your your logo and stuff on it. So ah. people stopped wearing them a bit. 
Did that just help because, anything? Uh, I think it was just, well, the bikies just stopped wearing it so they wouldn't get hassled. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess essentially they just went un, uh, undercover. So I don't know if that <laughs> undercover helps. Undercover bikies. <laughs> I don't know if that helps. Um, from her house in Surrey Hills, she ran the Sly Grog and cocaine businesses as well as prostitution and illegal gambling. She had a gang of men that protected uh, protected her and worked for her, but she was also pretty handy with a rifle and didn't shy away from a fight. And she had a very violent feud with another terrifying woman, Tilly Devine. <gasps> Now, that's a name. It's a good name. A little bit about Tilly. So her name's Matilda. Oh, I love that. Matilda Mary Twiss. Fucking good name. Yeah, that's a sick name. She was born in 1900 in London, so she's um, about 19 years younger than Kate. Is she a geezer? Yes. Okay. It's a female geezer. I'm a fucking geezer. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't even, what does geezer mean? I've just heard people say that before. I'm a real geezer. No idea. should probably know before... Okay, Google, what's a geezer? How's your teeth click then? That's a geyser. <laughs> it has, Google has not figured out the Australian accent. <laughs> Hot spring. Well, now well, we know. Now we know. <laughs> So to answer your question, Matt, yes. Yeah, she was a bit of a hot spring. <laughs> um, so Tilly, again, she also came from a pretty, um, a pretty hard childhood and she was working as a sex worker from a very young age, some reports saying as young as 12. Um, although, and it doesn't make it any better, but Tilly has always said that um, this was, it was her choice. Like it wasn't something that she was forced into or she went to work, I suppose, which is awful. Um, her career in prostitution began when she was a teenager and continued long after she was married. Um, she and many English women were usually found soliciting uh, on the wide footpaths on the Strand at night and from um, 1915 onwards, um, to, oh, 1915 to 1919, uh, she spent time in court and lock up for prostitution, theft and assault. That's the First World War years, isn't it, Dave? Mm-hmm. Most of them. Finished in 1918. At 16, she married uh, an Australian serviceman, Jim Devine, who was born in Brunswick. Hey, that's where we are right now. That's where we are. He was born in 1892. Um, they had a, a son um, a couple of years later. And when Jim returned to Australia, she followed him back on uh, on the bride ship Wamena. <laughs> Wamena? Anyway. Arriving in Sydney in January of 1920. Her son stayed in London and was brought up by her parents. Isn't that strange? Mm. Like she followed the husband out here, but they just left the kid behind. That is strange. And I was like, okay, well, they'll go back for it. No. That's just it. Left it there to be raised by the grandparents. Mm. Sounds like, without heaps of knowledge, that that was probably best for the kid. Yeah, maybe it was yeah. a better life. Good call. Um, she became infamous in Sydney initially as a as a sex worker and then later as a as a brothel madam and an organised crime entrepreneur. I like that. I like. She's, oh, she's a crime entrepreneur. She she's doing like crime mad, like no one else. Mad dog sort of. Just. She sounds like a someone you're not going to muck with. Absolutely, both of these women are people. You so they're the, they're kind of the two the big dogs in the in the town. Yeah. In the crime startup world. That's right. I mean, there's crime obviously. Startup. <laughs> there's other games. We've had some angel investors and they've they got a couple of startups. We're trying to just gain some capital mm-hmm. before we go public. 
There's other gangs and lots of you know power plays as there always is, right. but yes, these two in particular, and they had a they had an infamous rivalry, which I'll talk about. Um, so the New South Wales Vagrancy Act in 1905 prohibited men from running brothels, but it didn't mention anything about women. <laughs> That's just <laughs> such an oversight. Loophole. <laughs> that is ridiculous. You think that any law you would just write people, persons, citizens, that kind of thing? Well, you? obviously, a Not woman would then. never run a business. <laughs> That's the thing. It wouldn't even cross their mind. Like you'd just be saying, "No man, no man should do this," and that, like, they think that applies to everyone. It's amazing. So I love they were how like, "Funny the law is. Like the law's a real stickler for mm. words, and it's just a pedant, right?" So you go, um, "Well, it says here, no man can run a brothel. Well, that's fine. I'm not a man." <laughs> yeah, uh, damn it. I know, but you know what I mean. That's ex- yeah. So I think that's quite funny. Um, she was infamously wealthy. Although it was all earned from crime. Um, she owned much real estate in Sydney. She had luxury cars, gold and diamond jewellery. She travelled by ship in first class. Mm. Like she'd made a lot of money. Um, but much of her wealth was also used to pay bribes to police sector, to the police sector um, and fines for her criminal convictions that spanned 50 years. <laughs> Over that time, she was convicted on 204 occasions. Whoa, that's a lot. It's a long criminal career though. Um, and she served many jail sentences in New South Wales jail, mainly for um, prostitution, violent assault, a fray, and attempted murder. What's a fray? It's, it's, it always feels like one of those snake steak knives deals that gets thrown in with other things. Yeah, it's always a, isn't it assault and a fray? Is that yeah? Mean? Is it something uh, like? Yeah. It feels like it's something like. Uh, feels like to me like fighting some sort of, of a brawl, one, fighting of one or more persons in a public place. Right. Oh. There you go. So a yes, afraid. So she's yeah, and she was so just trying to take on a lot of people at once. She yeah. was quite violent. Um, I feel it's amazing to me that someone can be convicted. Was it convicted two hundred and four times? Two hundred and four times. Because it, it's like you keep seeing the same person. You're like, we're gonna have to up this. How do you get go to jail that many times without eventually getting it? Bit more them than your going. Life. Look, we can't. This is your last chance. Next time, we're gonna have to make it work. But I guess there's restrictions on how long sentences can be. For yeah, the and I think committee. a few might have. Well, they must have been acquitted and so those. You couldn't have spent that long in jail. I don't know. I also love the uh, how when she's in jail, she's in jail, and then she's out. She's in first class. She's in a mansion. Yeah, she's yeah. back in jail for a bit. Back to the mansion. Yeah, that'd be a real like um, jarring experience. A real adjustment for a her. real adjustment. Yeah, but when you're like a like hard as nails, super tough woman, she's probably like, well, eh, I'll just, I'll run jail as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she probably would have too. Yeah, just gets her, her cells. Like, she probably runs it in there and then all of a sudden her cell is just souped up. <laughs> Suddenly yeah. she's it's on a first-class ship. <laughs> yeah. Don't know how she does it. She was known to the police and the public to be of a very violent nature and she was known to use firearms. At one time she apparently soaked disobedient crooked police officers in petrol and set them on fire. Oh, fucking fuck. Well, What? Yep, just set him on fire. She'd set police on fire and never went to jail. For life. Yep. Because they were crooked cops. And this is your hero, Jess? I didn't say they were my heroes. I just think, like, I think because it was a long time ago. Did Jess ever say anything like they were her heroes? I think they're fucking ballsy women, but I don't think they're good people. But I think it's a funny, it's an interesting story. Anyway. No, do go on. You're right. Thank you so much. I will. Her husband, Jim, uh, was also notoriously violent. Um, Although he was charged with murder on more than one occasion, he was always acquitted, successfully arguing (laughs) self-defence. No, he came at me. Um, 
1931, Jim was charged at Central Police Court with the attempted murder of his wife after a heated argument at their home. As Tilly ran out of the house, Jim fired a number of shots at her in a similar way to the way he had murdered George Gaffney two years earlier in 1929, also out the front of Jim and Tilly's house. Um, but wow. I think he got away with that one as well. But he missed this time. Well, he, he was arrested for the incident, uh, but once again acquitted because Tilly refused to testify. So the neighbours called the cops um, and so he was, he was arrested, but then she wouldn't testify, so they let him off. Um, they separated in the early 40s and were divorced by 1944. Tilly met Eric Parsons, a returned serviceman originally from Melbourne, in the infamous pub Tradesman's Arm Hotel. Um, it came up in a couple of docos that I saw. It was like a, a pretty known sort of dodgy area and a lot of um, Tilly's brothels were in the area, so she would often be at this pub. Um, uh, yeah, so she met uh, she met Eric and uh, they began a relationship and in 1945 Tilly shot Eric in the leg at one of her other Sydney residences in Darlinghurst. She was arrested by police and charged with the shooting but was acquitted at trial in 1945 and Tilly and Eric married a few months later. Oh. <laughs> We're happily married for 13 years right up until his death in 1958. <laughs> Which she also caused. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? Like a couple of months before they got married she shot him in the leg. That is love that. Do you love it? I love it. <laughs> love is love. Love is love. God. You know, if we can, if we're not strong enough to get past this wounding of your leg, I said sorry. Are we strong enough to get past this? <laughs> I would be like, okay, I shot you in the leg. Sorry about that. Here, you can shoot me in the leg. Yes, eye for an eye, leg for a leg. But I would offer like a BB gun. Mm. It might bruise a little bit. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not an idiot. Quite badly, potentially. Mm. If he gets you right in the right in the right spot, I bruise easy too. Mm. So, has he? Have you thought about that, Eric? It's guaranteed to bruise, Eric. I could die from complications. Technically, I could get pneumonia if I went out in the cold with this sore leg. So, so I'm running a risk for you, babe, babe. Or we can just agree that we both made mistakes and put the BB gun down. Can we not agree that you deserved to be shot in the leg because you were being a bit of a dick that night, Eric? Eric. Look at me, please. Eric. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, I imagine Tilly's the type to really use her words in an argument. While I've got you, um, want to get married. Okay. Limp over here and we'll kiss and make up. Get down on one knee. I know that you just got shot in the leg, but well, come that, on. I mean, it should be easier. <laughs> You're basically already down You're on one knee. You're basically down there. I'm a traditionalist. I want romance. Thank you so much for asking, Eric. God. Uh... Anyway, that's just a um, play, anyway, play so that conversation. We're still waiting for Eric. What do you say? Eric? Hey? I'm sorry, are you talking to me? You also blew my eardrums. I can't hear anything. I can't hear a, I can't hear a single thing. He do you will. want to get married? <laughs> married? Yeah. All right. Sweet. All right. It's on. So just to confirm, Eric, the shooting is 100% your fault and uh, you don't blame me at all. Married, yes? Yes to everything you said. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> we got him. <laughs> There's two of us for some reason. I was say, who the fuck is we? <laughs> Tilly's two personalities. All right, guys, you want to have this threesome or what? <laughs> Eric, you saucy dog. I want to take that out of context. Yeah. <laughs> Put that at the end of the episode. <laughs> That's what fun. you sound like. We're having fun in here. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stress. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can uh, affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. Okay, back to the rivalry between Kate. The rivalry. The rivalry between Kate and Tilly. So So far I think I favour Tilly for some reason. Interesting. Tilly, okay. She seems like more of a badass. Correct. also more successful. Correct. Correct, that's very true. All right, Um, I'm on Kate Lee. All right. Fine. We'll, We'll see. Um, so no one really knows exactly what started their feud, but what we do know is that it was deeply personal, often violent, and always bitter. Kate <laughs> always sexy. <laughs> Kate trashed Lily's brothel. T- Lily Tilly's brothels. Tilly smashed Kate's stores. <laughs> you know, it was a to and fro. Mm. Apparently, I did read one time. <laughs> so there's this awesome website that I um that I found when I was looking these two up called Rejected Princesses, and this guy who used to work on a lot of like animated films. Um, animates or like puts together these stories of like um, badass women basically. It's very cool. And one of the stories on there was that um, a police officer on her first day, it was a female police officer on her first day, was like walking down the street and she came across Tilly and Tilly starts like harassing this cop and a, and a tram goes past, like a, like a not a tram because it's Sydney, but like a um, bus thing goes past and Kate Lee jumps off it <laughs> And like King hits Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> what? And then just has it like pinned down. Well, why there's cops just there? The cops just there, like, okay. That's real. <laughs> that sounds like an action movie. Yeah, it was I think they did used to have trams, I think, in Sydney. Yeah, I think it was. I remember it being a tram, I'm pretty sure. But I could be wrong. But yes, and keep in mind as well that Kate's like nearly 20 years older than Tilly. So it's quite funny that they've got this. God. Yeah, they've got this. Anyway, it's very funny. So um, the two women, as I was saying, nearly 20 years apart, physically fought each other on multiple occasions. That's awesome. I just always love when they rock up and just start trashing the other shop. Kate, Kate, so- Kate stop. Stop, stop my, it. Not my vase. Not my vase. Oh, fucking hell, Kate. Yeah. I think it's. She's got a vase shop as well. Obviously. <laughs> not my vase shop. Oh, Jesus. I mean, she's not all about hmm. the bad stuff. Yeah, you got to have a front in front of you. And she's got a business mind. You may grog. as well use that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imported stuff. So while Tilly's reputation was one of violence and brutality, 
Kate was a little more jovial. So she was still quite a dangerous and, like, violent woman. But my favourite story that I've read about Kate was that she would often just attend random court hearings and heckle the lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) You shit! Even better, she would often sit in court peeling vegetables. (laughs) So they're not even... She's not even involved in them at all. Doesn't even know anyone there. That's real fun. She'd take her veggies in and peel them for dinner that night while she heckled the lawyers. That's funny. That is great. The jury must have been like, oh, thank goodness, a bit of fun. Yeah, a bit of, Jesus, lighten it up a bit. Jeez. Order um, in my court. I reckon someone would have said that. Definitely, with a gavel. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Tell you what, there's nothing funnier than a well-timed public heckle. Like when I was watching some, I uh, went to see some tennis the other night. And this guy... and it's the famously easiest crowd to make laugh, the tennis <laughs> crowd. <laughs> Going for the serve. Oh, mate, hit it to his back end. <laughs> like any other thing, it just wouldn't be funny, but it was just really, really. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because it's such a sterile environment <laughs> yeah. that any sort of Quiet, personality please. or like tennis player will get the ball boy out. That's the classic one. And they go, I'm struggling. Maybe you'd be better off playing. Yeah. <laughs> and they just wave them onto the court and the crowd would be just bending over Losing laughing. Laughing it up. So dumb. I want to play to that crowd. Do a top five for the Australian Open. Oh, my God. You'd, just, you'd be carried out like a fucking king. <laughs> I've sworn too much on this episode. Calm down, Jess. And the punchline is tennis. <laughs> Woo! Comedy. <laughs> you announced the punchline. <laughs> Here's my setup, and my punchline is tennis. Oh! Um, so by the 1930s, the police were taking extreme action. New laws passed that allowed them to arrest anyone they thought had bad character. <laughs> that is ridiculous. They'd arrest anyone found to be carrying a razor, and these measures actually were very effective in terms of reducing the problems <laughs> they were having with gang violence. They just stood out the front of the barbershop waiting. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, got... that's the thing. They used to sell, like, the barbers would sell razors. Oh, really? That's how people got their razors often. But, no, so now they didn't have to prove that you were, like, involved in illegal things. They just had to prove that you were speaking to somebody who's involved in illegal things. Right. So you could say, g'day, Barry, on the street, but Barry's in a gang and now you're arrested. Sounds like a bloody nanny state. Bad character. That sounds like, sound like, you know, communist Russia and like the bad parts. Sounds like the kind of stuff that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, this. the kind of things they try, like, slowly try and do, right? They were trying to do that here, just been out, cops trying to check any bags they wanted to. People that people use fear to take away your liberties. <laughs> So Tilly went back to England for nine months, presumably to kind of avoid the police, let things cool down a little bit. Kate was actually jailed for a year, charged with possession. Um, luckily, they were both quite savvy businesswomen and their businesses continued to run fairly smoothly while they were, while they were away. They had a bit of time to do their tax. Mm. Also behind bars. Yeah. Catch up on that paperwork. I find that fascinating when you hear about people still running their crime business from jail. Yeah. Amazing. It's it feels a- like you should just everything should go. Like your competitors should be swooping in, but you've set up such a good system. Everything must go. <laughs> yeah. I've like got weapons. <laughs> Bombs. Government secrets. <laughs> Drugs. You name it, I've got it. Raymond Sugar Shack has taken a nasty turn. Everything must go. Welcome to Raymond Sugar Shack. <laughs> We've got all your sugar needs. Caster sugar. Proud sugar. I mean, it, it does make sense that Raymond Sugar Shack has just been a front for a crime business. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot no of sense. No business could be that bad. <laughs> um, so while Kate was in uh, in prison, she befriended an elderly inmate um, 
They became quite friendly and she had quite an easy time during her imprisonment, you know, relatively. Within a week of release, she had robbed her elderly friend and was also uh, she also apparently shot a guy in the crotch. <laughs> she got out and then robbed the woman. Yep. So she befriended her, got her trust, then robbed her. In prison? Well, I, I don't know if the uh, elderly woman had also got out of prison or was still in prison, but Kate obviously knew, like, you know, I know where you live. <laughs> no, your PIN number. Kate Saying I know where you live and then laughing like that is... is I know where you live. <laughs> it's real threatening. I'm going to yeah. do that next time you ask me for a lift home. Like, yeah, I know where you live. <laughs> oh, perfect then. <laughs> I know where you live, mate. I've been inside those walls. <sighs> no, I have, though. You've invited me in. Yeah, you're like a vampire. I have to invite you in. Or just like a polite person. One of the two. <laughs> yeah. Vampires got a lot in common with polite people, don't they? Mm. I think they're just misunderstood. Yeah. Because of the drinking blood thing. Right. That's the, that's the only thing that sets them apart. Otherwise, they're just lovely citizens. Yeah. Anyway. Never really thought misunderstood. about it like that. Um. Uh, so, yeah, the, this sort of crime, the, so robbing a friend and shooting the guy in the crutch didn't play very well in the press. And the press had become very important at this time. So the police were at a point where they were kind of governed by public opinion. So Kate and Tilly realised that you just need, um, you just had to seem like a bad person for the cops to be on you. So they started ratting each other out to the newspapers. <laughs> Ah, a bit of a tabloid war. Yeah, so they would just constantly, they'd be writing letters. They do basically what we would now call PR, is they would send out press releases of good things they were doing and they would, like, rat out each other and shit all over each other to the press. It's a bit of like a social media war. Kind of, yeah, pre-social media. It was just a media war, I think, is what we'd probably call it. But done socially. (laughs) Yes. Just to confirm. Correct. It was apparently an ongoing um, feud that the paper actually reported on, which had something to do with Kate lending Tilly a dog, but Tilly never giving it back. <laughs> and the newspapers printed that. I lent you a dog. You said you'd pay me back with two dogs by the end of the week, and you never did. So now I'm going to have to kneecap that dog and then come after you. <laughs> why do, when do you, would you ever have to lend someone a dog? I know. I don't know why you'd lend someone a dog. I need to borrow a dog. Why the fuck do you need to borrow a dog? You're my enemy. <laughs> Yeah, but you're the only one with a dog. Fine, I'll give you a dog. So Just strange, it isn't it? Yeah. So weird. But the, the press really ran with that one. <laughs> That's low news day, am I right? <laughs> um, naval uh, transit restrictions associated with World War II led to um, devastating interruptions of Lee's overseas cocaine supply. And she was also charged, uh, so we, we, I mentioned before Tilly was cha- um, convicted 207, 204 times. Kate was charged on 107 occasions and was sent to prison 13 times. That's a lot. When appearing in court, Kate would wear diamond rings on every finger of both hands. <laughs> She'd wear flamboyant and expensive clothes and her wealth was infamous. They were both like two of the most wealthy people in Sydney at the time. Did she wear the diamond rings because of that thing if the glove fits? If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. And no glove would fit a hand covered <laughs> That's in real smart. Yeah. That's real smart. Put that on. Real oh, chunky. Look, I don't I kill him. Sorry, I can't get these gloves on. Hmm? I cannot get... Take the rings off. Uh, no. No, <laughs> those aren't rings. They're my fingers. My fingers are diamond encrusted. <laughs> I'm rich. Thank you. Both women tried to repair their public image later in life, donating to charities and doing some philanthropic work. <laughs> Again, PR. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Kate was a little more successful in improving her image. Um, she was more recognised for her good deeds than Tilly was. 
Um, this is probably partly due to their natures, with Kate obviously being known as a bit more jovial until he was a mean person and her reputation reflected that. Oh, dear, that's the one I picked. Yeah, pretty happy with my choice. They did, um, they did kind of bury the hatchet, kind of. They were never friends, but they sort of, I guess, came to... I want to say respect each other, but not really. But they, they stopped all the violence and stuff like that. Against each other or everyone? Each other. Okay, so they're still, being, they're still doing underworld stuff. Well, it starts to fall apart. So by the 50s, their gangs had fallen apart and their businesses had too. In the early 50s, Tilly had bragged to the media, I'm a lucky, lucky girl. I have more diamonds than the Queen of England's stowaways and better ones too. But by 1955... The taxation department ordered her to pay more than £20,000 in unpaid income tax and fines, um, sending her close to bankruptcy. And Kate had the same issue. So the taxation department sent her into bankruptcy in 1954 for unpaid income tax and fines, dating back to 1942. It was a long time. So both of them had had so much wealth and such extravagance and then, like, the tax department just took it all away. Um, That's... That's what they do to you. That's what they bloody do. Oh, I tell you what, they're bloody accountants. That's All right? like what, getting into the 50s, 1950s, it's sort of like when we started, it really seemed like an olden days world to me. Now yeah. in the 1950s, it's sort of. It's like when our parents were born. Yeah, there are people, like plenty of people alive now who were born in the 50s. Definitely. So that's it's pretty wild. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um. Because I'm, I'm still picturing, you know, like dirty streets and horse. Horse and carts, and yeah. And when, you, when we started the report, that's what was happening. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was a big change. Now mm. bloody Elvis is on the television. Yeah. yeah. In another blow as well, in 1955, the New South Wales government changed the law to allow, to allow legal hotels to serve alcohol until 10pm, an act that virtually killed off the Sydney Slygog trade and put um, purveyors like Lee and Kate out on the street, out of, out of business, not necessarily out on the street, but out of business because people didn't need to go to these places anymore because you could drink until 10. Yeah. Which is a reasonable time to stop drinking. doesn't yeah. have to be 4 a.m., Matthew. That's all right. She's <laughs> had that 10 on me. But the, you have um, a problem. But Sydney, well, Sydney went, kept going out and out and it got to like normal sort of whenever you want to be open to if you got a license. And now they've gone back to the lockout laws up there. Yeah. Which has killed off its um, King's Cross. Which basically means precinct. you can't enter, a, once you leave, you can't go to a new venue after a certain time, right? It's like one, yeah. I think, yeah. Apart from, and the, the the map, have you seen the map where that, so there's it's not all of Sydney, but this certain inner area, and it goes around like this and then it sort of cuts in and just misses where the casino is. Yeah, how convenient. <laughs> it's like so blatant. <laughs> and if you zoom out like uh, the lockout laws, they've actually spelt on the map the casino rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drawn that. <laughs> and the casino's like, oh, we had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. Just a oh, That's weird. I guess that means that, that works kind of in our favour if that's yeah. how the government wants okay. to do it. Okay. Well, that's fine by us. I guess the casino... I Guys, we have to keep serving alcohol all night to drunk people who have no concept of time because we keep it really dark in here. Okay? Yeah, we're all fine with that. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Here's that briefcase I owed you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't look at it. There's money in there. Oh, my God. No, I'm just inferring that they're bribing. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway. Allegedly. 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 There we go. Saved it. (laughs) 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 Saved it. Um, so, yeah, the, the tax department bloody sucked all their fun 
Um, and both women actually lived in, in basically poverty for the remainder of their lives. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a real How turn. the mighty have fallen. Oh, that's, okay. that's quite a bummer of an ending. Well, can, or is it? Yeah, that's it probably. I mean, they've, they've killed people and stuff. It's funny to feel. Yeah, I've left out parts as well because there wasn't a lot of. I guess that the hard thing is because this was quite a long time ago. Obviously, we have lots of information about things even older than that. But like Kate and Tilly didn't exactly leave comprehensive journals behind. Oh, and not like the princess. Being in. <laughs> being <laughs> she in left games. two whole <laughs> diaries. The no, princess diaries worse. one, and obviously princess diaries two. My coronation. <laughs> Um, Is that what it's called? No. Oh. But no, but like being parts of gangs, nobody would talk, nobody would squeal. So there's not heaps of information. But, yeah, there were definitely times when like Kate murdered people and, you know, they weren't good people. Um, Kate lived in a small room above uh, one of her older legal hotels in uh, Surrey Hills and was financially dependent on her nephew, William, um, who ran a mixed business in the shop downstairs, which oh, sounds kind of dodgy. Sense, yeah. Um, she suffered a severe stroke in 1964 and was rushed to hospital where she died a few days later. Oh, she didn't even get to see the Saints when they're only premiership two years later. Oh, her one dream in life! Every every year you've said in my head, I've been like, oh, Fitzroy's last premiership, 44. That's interesting. 54. Oh, the Bulldogs. They're our first premiership that year. <laughs> you've not, at least I haven't been saying them out loud. <laughs> Thank you for not saying them out loud, but why'd you bring it up now? I still don't want to know. A very good question. <laughs> I was just sort of letting you into my mind a little bit there. So, yeah, Kate was 83 when she passed away, so she lived quite a long time. Um, her funeral was held uh, on the 7th of Feb um, in Surrey Hills at St Peter's Catholic Church and was attended by over 700 mourners, including Tilly Devine. Oh, that's nice. Mm, but lots of, like, even police and... Wow. You know what? That means that's really positive because that means that Tilly may get to live and to see the Saints Premiership. Maybe. Um, Kate was remembered by the press. <laughs> Fingers crossed, Matt. <laughs> Kate was remembered by the press as much for her patriotism during World War II and for generous charitable acts in support of the unemployed in harsh times as she was for her criminal history. So people sort of... Okay. She, she, she did, did good PR. Yeah, she did better at like improving her public image and she did do some good stuff. It doesn't necessarily, it, I mean, it doesn't take away from the bad things you've done, but she did some good stuff. Um, Tilly, on the other hand, suffered from chronic bronchitis for about 20 years and died of cancer Jeez. at age 70 in 1970. Oh, Keep in no. mind, she was 20 years younger yeah. than her too. So she made the premiership. That's, that's a brutal final couple of decades. Imagine having, I, yeah. I imagine having chronic Bronchitis would not be good for twenty years. No, and then it, and then she had cancer that was killed her. Her funeral service was poorly attended, oh. and her death went virtually unnoticed by Sydney's media and population. And it was said that very few people openly mourned her death. The only public eulogy offered to Divine was given by the then police commissioner Norman Allen, who said she was a villain. But who am I to judge her? <laughs> The police commissioner. You you were exactly. <laughs> Only the judge would be in a better position to judge her. Yeah. And that's the, the whole press conference. No, she just sounds like he's like, whatever. Yeah. Uh. Well, that's it. Yeah. And there was a story as well that like at a pub later, somebody went to sort of make a toast and nobody could really be bothered even lifting their glasses. Like they just didn't, nobody really cared that she died. No good thing it sounds either. like, yeah, from what you're saying, um, Kate, did a lot of good things and was very nice. 
so people care. She was would have been seen as a character, whereas... Yeah, I don't think she was ever seen as nice. I think she was still very intimidating and powerful and violent. Yeah. But she was a bit more jovial. I think it was sort of like she's a bit of a character. She yeah. was still f- a fucking kooky. <laughs> they both were, but I think she sort of improved her... Uh, um, her, what am I looking for? Reputation a bit better than Tilly did. And Tilly was, she was kind of, she was nasty. So I think, yeah, people were like, all right, Ding Dong, the witch is dead. Yeah. Which is awful. But yeah, they didn't have, they had. But that's what, like, Ding Dong, the witch is dead and they have a party and that sort of stuff. But this sounds like, it's like, nah, whatever. Which witch? Hmm? Yeah. Which yeah. old witch? Generally, don't know which one. Yeah. I don't know who that is. I don't know what you're talking about. So, yeah, so that is my report on Kate Lee and Tilly Devine. Kate Lee. Tilly Devine still has the best name of the two. Definitely, but do you do you, do you you want to change your answer from favouring Tilly or are you happy with... I'm happy to back the underdog. Okay. Yeah. The one that everyone didn't care about yeah, at the end. That's nice. It is a bit tragic. Yeah, it is. But also, they did, I'm sure they did some horrible stuff. Oh, yeah, they did some terrible things. Like which one set people on fire? Tilly. Oh, maybe I will change my answer then. That's what throws you over the edge. Yeah. That's interesting. Not not the one thing that didn't they weren't she wasn't remembered. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the thing that I'm sure there's a lot more to it, but as I said, it's kinda of hard to find much more information because nobody really wanted to talk. And who was this topic suggested by? Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, It was suggested a couple of times um, by Josie Penning and Tessa Strickland both suggested this one. Ah, great. I meant to mention you guys at the top. Thanks so much for the suggestion. I thought it was really cool. Thanks so much. That's great. And doing an Aussie topic, we don't do heaps of them. An Aussie topic. And also kind of nice with a couple of, like, Aussie women too. Yeah. So that was cool. That's why I was was really glad that they got chosen in the Patreon because I wanted to... Learn more about them. And you got a couple of badasses up your sleeve. You don't want to reveal who the other ones were? No, I won't reveal because I, they might, they'll come back around. Very cool. They'll work their Matt way back around. Matt and I around. will never know. You'll never know. Until the next time. You'll next, know. next badass. Mm. So, but I think they're the, very uh, different kind of bad. All the other badasses we've done are World War Two badasses. Well, that's it. And there was another World War Two one in the in the mix. And I thought, and I think he was a pilot. I was like, people are going to choose this guy. Yeah, people are definitely. And then a couple of like, uh, there was a bush ranger in there, an Aussie oh. bush ranger. And so I was like, this these two unknown women aren't going to get chosen. And then they did. That is great. You Patreon people made the right choice. And if you want to be the people that make those choices, you can always hit up patreon.com slash dogoonpod. And if you love the show, you can pledge back and keep it going, which is really, really nice. And you get to do stuff like vote for Jess's topic. You can vote for Matt's topic. You get a bonus episode once a month. And also we, we give shout outs to some of you every week. We do. We do indeed. And um, we'd like to thank some people now. What are we going to do for these, these people this week? Oh, well, I mean, everybody had a an unrelated nickname. Okay. So should we give them unrelated nicknames to their names, Matt? Oh, you think I like that's a that. good idea? I think that's really good. Okay. Um, do you want me to kick it off? Yeah, go on. All right. Well, I would like to thank, if I may. Please. From Buckeye, Arizona. Oh, yes. That's good. Which is a real cool uh, state name, I'd say. Um, I'd love to thank Lee Wright. Lee Wright. So Lee Wright. I kind of like just, and it is related, but um, maybe Bucky. Bucky's good. Yeah, Lee good. Bucky Wright. Yeah, from the Buckeye. But it's interesting. Buckeyes are the that's the Ohio State University mascot. Oh. I'm pretty sure the Ohio Buckeyes. I'm pretty sure. 
Lee Bucky Wright. Lee Bucky Wright. That's real nice. Um, and I've also I've been given a book um, as a as a present, and it's got in one part of it, it's got all of the American states and what their nicknames are, and so I can tell you those as well for oh, interest. Um, the Grand Canyon State is Arizona. Oh, cool. Well, it makes sense having the Grand Canyon. I see, when you say nickname, do you reckon that's what would be on their number plates? Yeah, I think a lot of them is that kind of thing. Like Victoria's the Garden State or the place oh, to be? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've gone through a few ordinary ones since. Do you see Queensland's the Education State? Yeah. Um, okay, Queensland. <laughs> do, is, do they have? Wow. They're all <laughs> nearly always, they're like, are you? Are you? Are we the place to be? The place to be. Come on, Victoria. You got you're beautiful. But you got shitty weather. And, the, and on for a while, it was on the move. On the move, yeah. yeah what does that mean? You're talking about Victoria on the move. What does the garden state mean? We have lots. Of, do we have more? Parks? Melbourne. Melbourne does have a lot of gardens. I think Melbourne. We do. But but We're I mean, also that's the not second the state. smallest state. So like we've got less mass to cover with. But it's know? also the, I'm pretty sure the gar- some of those like the garden state is stolen from an American. Uh, Place, I'm pretty sure. Maybe. Oh, you're going to check now? I can potentially quickly have a look. Yes. New Jersey it's the garden is the Garden State. state. So, we've, like a lot of things, Isn't there we've a just movie ripped called it garden off somewhere state? else. Yes. Is that set in New Jersey? Maybe it is. I haven't seen it. That would make sense. I've seen it. it. Yeah, I've seen it a while back. Uh, yeah. And I'd also love to thank from St. Louis in MO. Which MO? Let me look up what MO means. Is that Missouri? Oh, this doesn't have the fucking initials. God damn. Do you reckon it's Montana? No, I think that's, we worked out that that's, Montana, M, that's Missouri. MT. Ah. Which is, and MN is, it doesn't make any sense. I know. Okay, Google, what does MO stand for in United States states? I reckon I can look it up faster. I looked it up, it's Missouri. <laughs> Missouri. I was right. <laughs> Yeah, the show me state. Show me? Show me. I don't understand. Show? Show me state. Okay. With a hyphen. Oh, that's fun. Hmm. Okay, cool. Okay, and who are we thanking from the That was my most successful OK Google that I've done over the last couple of days by a long way. That was fun. Probably the first one that has given me the answer that I've asked for. Did you actually say the person's name or did we get distracted by that? Who lives in the show me state? (laughs) Show me the Patreon name. (laughs) So from St. Louis, Missouri... Uh, Cody Jenkins, which oh, is a sick that's name. Good one. All right. Lee Wright and Cody Jenkins. Thanks so much, you guys. Legends. So, what is. So, we got Lee Bucky Wright and Cody, what do you reckon? Show me Jenkins. Satchmo from a Louis. He's from St. Louis. Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong. <laughs> okay. It's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Cody Satchmo Jenkins. Horny. You know, go to Trumpet the Horn. What about Cody Horn? No. Hornbag Jenkins. <laughs> Cody Mustache Jenkins. He lives in M.O. Mo. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> These are all good. Uh, Cody Sizzlack Jenkins. Yeah, that was the good one. Sizzlack, yes. Yeah. Okay. Caesar. <laughs> oh, okay, Sizzlack, C- Caesar, uh, Little Caesar. What? <laughs> That's a pizza chain in America that a lot pizza. of people told pizza. us. Let's call, yeah. Let's call him Cody, pizza Cody Jenkins. Margarita Jenkins. <laughs> Pizza. That's the longest, longest mm. chain ever. I love it. But it works. Try and chase that. Follow um, the bag. All right. I'd like to thank a couple as well, then, if I may. That would be so good. My first one is from Ireland. My favourite place in the world. From Killarney. 
It's Barry Fleming. Oh, Barry Fleming. Barry Fleming's oh. pretty good. I like that. It's a rock solid name. Bond. Bond, yeah. Barry Bond Fleming. Oh, good one. Yeah, I like it. Barry Bonds. Isn't he like a baseballer? Is he the one that... No, I was thinking of James Bond from Ian, Ian Fleming. Fleming. Yeah, no, I got that, but then I Sorry. thought on a second level there you got Barry Bonds. Anyway. Barry. What about Barry? Barry Gary Fleming. <laughs> uh, Kalani. Where's Kalani again? Because my um, mum's my side of the family is from... Where were we from... Uh, was it Kalani? Kalani's southwest. Southwest, right. County Kerry? County Kerry, yeah. Is that ringing any bells for I think for County you? Kerry is... A, oh, fuck. I think, that's, I think that's really close to where I'm, my ancestors are from. Okay. I don't know why you felt the need to tell us that then. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> So we're happy with Barry, Bond. Yeah, Barry Bond Fleming. I like that. Bondy. Good one. And then I would also like to thank um, from Sewanee in Georgia. I hope I said that right. I'm sorry. Scott Young. Scott yeah. Young. Georgia, the peach state. Peach. Peachy. Peach good. Scott Peach Young. What about James? James and the Giant Peach. Princess. What about you know, Princess, Princess Peach? Peach? Fuck. I hate so Princess that's Peach. Good. Scott Princess Young. What about Peach? No. Toad. 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 I like Toad. Scott Toad Young. <laughs> toad is from Toad Hall in um, yes. Wind of the Willows. Wind of the Willows. Love the Toad. Love it. Okay. Toad it is for Toady. you, Scott. Enjoy Scott that. Scott Toad Young. Toadfish. Toady from Neighbours. <laughs> if you have any idea what Neighbours is, if you're not, look up Neighbours Toadfish. Toadfish. You get a great result there. <laughs> all right. I would like to thank all the way from Guadalupe in Phoenix, Arizona. Will that be Guadalupe? I've heard the word Guadalupe before. Me too. I'm sure that Guadalupe, they probably say that in Mexico because there is Guadalupe in Mexico. But Phoenix, uh. Arizona. Oh, yeah, that's where I've heard it was from Dave. <laughs> His report about Frida Kahlo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I've heard it. Anyway. It? Sorry, Dave. And the famous church in Mexico City, Guadalupe. Again, the Grand Canyon. So that's our second Arizona. And, the, and, and it is James Duquette. Ash. Duquette is great. James Duquette. Ash. Phoenix rises from the ashes. Ashes, yeah. Ash is good. Ash, ketchup, Pokemon, ketchup. Ash, ketchup. Got to ketchup all. I mean, I don't don't know where at any point we said we had to make a weird fucking loop. (laughs) But it's fun. I like it. It is fun. James Ketchup Duquette. Alice Cooper also, he used to do a radio show from his house in Arizona. And it's like a a radio show. He goes out uh, online, I think. Classic Alice Cooper. Classic Alice. Alice, Wonderland. Wonder. James Wonder Duquette. <laughs> James Wonder Boy Duquette. Wonder Boy is good. Yeah, I'm happy with Wonder Boy. That's great. Thank you, James. And also, we'd like to, I'd like to thank from uh, Chula Vista in California. California. <laughs> ah, the Golden State. Ah. The warrior himself, Steve Dumbold. Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Um, door. Doorway. Knob. Knob on a door. <laughs> Turn the knob. Nobby, Dobby. 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 We got back to Harry Potter. Steve Dobby Dumbold. <laughs> on you, Steve. Thanks so much for supporting the show all the way in California. Chula Vista. I love that. I wonder what Chula... All right. Okay, Google, what does Chula mean? God, it's not going to understand your silly accent. Okay, Google, what does Chula mean? Hot. <laughs> <laughs> Hot. 
That's great. So it's hot vista, hot view. Got a hot, hot view. view. I love it. Hot view. That's a great. That's a great Chula Vista. I just I want to be there. Chula Vista. Me likey. <laughs> love it. Awesome. So there. Thank you so much, everybody, for supporting the show. Thanks, all you legends. You're the best. You're the, absolutely the best. <laughs> I'm just googling Chula. It really is hot. Chula's not wrong. All right, guys. <laughs> um, if it was a man voice, he wouldn't Google it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I did use Google to check Google. <laughs> Doesn't really work. That's yeah, silly. Uh, but if you want to uh, be uh, on our Patreon list of naughty and nice, everyone on there is nice somehow, um, you can support the show at patreon.com slash pod. Really does help us out, and uh, we really appreciate that. So thanks, everyone, that does that. And if you want to get in contact at any time, we've got our uh, email is always open, dogoonpod at gmail.com. And all the social medias is at dogoonpod for all of them. And there's links to all that. Thanks for listening. We love you. We do love you. Never forget that. We love you all. Never forget it. Never forget. I love your little face so fucking much. I love you. And we'll be back next week with another episode. And until then, we'll say thank you. And I will say goodbye. Later. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.